Go. Red, Chuck, Baum, and the rest of their feathered friends are surprised when a green pig suggests that they put aside their differences and unite to fight a common threat. Aggressive birds from an island covered in ice are planning to use an elaborate weapon to destroy the foul and swine way of life. After picking their best and brightest, the birds and pigs come up with a scheme to infiltrate the island, deactivate the device, and return to their respective paradises intact. Directed by Thurip Van Orman, this is Angry Birds 2, starring Jason Sudeikis, Josh Gad, Leslie Jones, Bill Hader, Rachel Bloom, Aquafina, Sterling K. Brown, Eugenio Derbez, Danny McBride, and Peter Dinklage. And there's a Tiffany Haddish in there for in a small part as well. So, too sassy mouth. All right, so you have to compare this movie to its first one, and I am at a I'm I'm at an opposite opinion here when it comes to the critics on this one. You know, a lot of times, you know, I see I have similar tastes to what the critics are saying for the most part. Not always though. This is one of those rare times. Like I like the first Angry Birds movie. I didn't love it. But I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was it had humor to it. The main characters all have some, something to give. Uh, the innuendos were really good, and for the most part, it was an entertaining ninety minutes or whatever it was, you know. And it was better than I expected it was going to be. Critics fucking hated that movie. I didn't. It wasn't something I ever wanted to see again, though. Also, so it it's not like a repeatable type film for me. All right. Now with the sequel. The critics seem to be mostly loving it. Like, what is it? Three out of every four critics, technically, are loving this movie, giving it positives, and saying that every, pretty much everything, is an improvement on it. You know, the the animation, the the writing, the story, the characters, everything is is better than the first one. And I mostly have to disagree. It's not a. I don't think it's a very good movie. I think it's it is it's. You know, in a way, it's kind of similar to how you would compare Lego Movie 2 to the first Lego Movie, where the first Lego Movie had a lot more, uh, what would you call, charisma, uh, originality, and also um, just quality, of all-around quality of, 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 of film, filmmaking. So, but with this, um, but then with the second Lego Movie, it was just fucking chaos. It was it was attention deficit turned up with with triple shot of espresso, and it just was insane. You know, it, it just it got to a point where I didn't even care anymore. You know, it's just overload with the, with the constant action and wackiness. This movie does something similar, where it is it's just wacky. The whole movie's wacky just to be wacky. Does it slow down here and there? Yeah, it does, but it. Um, the, the wackiness only works here and there. The first movie, it worked for most of the film. And it was, like, like I said, it was entertaining. This time around, it just felt like they were grabbing at straws. And this movie also relies on a ton of references to old, you know, classic films, you know, like, you know, Jaws and, and other things like that. And then also it uses the same safe type music, you know, that top 40 shit that, you know, that songs that are great songs, but they're not great anymore because they've been played so much and shoved down our throats so much that we don't want to hear them anymore, you know, or maybe just in that rare occasion. But this movie uses them as a plot device, almost to push the story forward for all these entertaining scenes, you know, like 
I'm not I'm not fucking kidding when I tell you this. There is a scene in the movie where they actually start playing Turn Down for What? Okay? That song, everyone knows that song is played the fuck out. It is that song is not relevant in any way whatsoever now. Like when I rewatched the Fast and Furious movies recently and that song popped up in part 7, I wanted to turn the movie off because that's how annoying that song is now. It for someone who likes certain kinds of music and I do like some kind of new music with with a beat and a dance rhythm to it and all that good shit, I can get into certain things. And I like turn down for what for about 10, 11 minutes, okay? And then it, it was gone. It was a trend. It was just plastic after a while. So the fact that they threw that into this movie, it it just reeks of desperation. And also um, them playing other songs like uh, uh, Final Countdown, you know, or um, uh, God, what else did they play in here? It was uh, the one from Rocky, you know, the one... <laughs> the eye of the fucking tiger yeah so the like the eye of the tiger and shit man it was like come on really the, this is the cliche shit they, like they played every cliche expectable cliche song you could think of except for let's get it on by marvin gay okay and they might as well have just had a a, a, a pig and, and bird sex scene or something and then had that song playing because that's how cliche it was now there are a couple songs that do work all right when they play, even though it's cliche, and I mean this because I've seen this in other things, when they play the space song from David Bowie, okay, that scene was actually really funny in the movie and it worked, but it still felt cliche because we've already, I've already seen it done in other things, them using um, David Bowie and, and other things like that. So the, even when this movie does hit some right notes, it still feels like it's copying from other people. So it doesn't even really stand on its own two feet. You know, It's kind of like when you watch a parody film like say I don't know, like like a uh, scary movie or or uh, no no also something worse than scary movies. Scary movie is actually hilarious. You go to something like I don't know, epic movie or something like that, where the entire movie is complete shit. Yet there is there is um, a couple moments that are absolutely hilarious, but that doesn't make up for the rest of the film being complete shit. So yeah, pretty much we want to go to scary movie three, scary movie four, five, and six. And and then parts of Scary Movie Part Two, you know. So, pretty sure that most people have seen those films, so they know what I'm talking about. So yeah, and, and so that's what what confuses me about the the critics thinking that this film is an improvement. It's it just it does not feel like an improvement at all. And then there's a contradict contradiction that's going on here, which is pretty much okay. How do people forget the fact that the pigs tried to eat the birds as children? It's there, you know. If we came to our world and people came here and tried to eat our fucking babies, that's not something we're gonna take lightly and just, you know, forgive them for later on. You know, it's kind of like with the Hobbs and Shaw thing, where you know uh, Jason Statham he just makes an offhanded comment about, "Oh, I have some things I have to answer for." Yeah, motherfucker, you killed Han. A lot of people are pissed off about that. You know, fans. <laughs> you know me. I don't really give a shit, but it still bugs me a little bit, the fact that they just gloss over it. Um, and that's kind of the thing here. The pigs are not as big of a threat as the villain in this movie. And that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, the pigs are a way bigger threat. They're monsters in a way, if you think about it. Just because they're funny doesn't mean that they're not monsters. <laughs> so when you have some some loud mouth sassy chick from across the ocean who's, I mean, for lack of a better word, she's been slighted. You know, she's 
what is it called? A, oh God, a woman, a scorned woman. She, you know, scorned woman is, you know, like the furies of hell kind of shit, right? So the hell hath no fury. And that's what it is. It's just a, 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 an angry wo- single mama that you don't even find out she's a single mama because you don't find out that there's a baby daddy. And I have to talk like this because that's how the fucking character talks, okay? Leslie Jones, once again, gets thrown into the stereotypical loud, sassy black woman role, you know, where she doesn't sound that intelligent. She just sounds sassy. And it it can be funny sometimes for a moment, but when it, it becomes the only thing that that character does, it's just, I, I, I mean, I'm white and it's insulting me. And it's not my white guilt because I don't really have that shit. But what I do have is some intelligence and common sense. And what it's telling me is she is not using the best of her capabilities as an actress. She's falling into the stereotypical roles, just like Melissa McCarthy does with all of her fat woman comedies. Okay. Move on. Do something better. Um, So I didn't care for her villain at all. I didn't want to hear her talk. It was annoying as shit. The main character of Red, he, this time done by Jason Sudeikis again, he didn't even feel relevant to the film at all. He was there. Sure, he was there the whole time, but he just felt like he was down. And, you know, by him being down the entire film, it brought the film down. And that's hard to say when the whole film is wacky and full of energy. He still brings it down because his character contributes nothing positive to the film at all. All right. And then his buddies, you know, the Josh Gad's character as the, you know, I don't know, the yellow bird. <laughs> um, which I call the you know the the the, the triangle bird from the game, um, Josh Gad. I mean, he's just an annoying you know voice actor anyway. So I don't care for the voice of the character, and you know that that guy didn't doesn't really do anything that special. It just didn't you know I don't I don't really care for him. And then Danny McBride is bomb. Before I even knew it was Danny McBride, it just felt like some guy trying to be Seth Rogen. And it felt like this cheap dime store Seth Rogen. And then I look it up and it's Danny McBride. I'm like, dude, you suck trying to do Seth Rogen. <laughs> you know, aren't you guys like best buddies? So that, you know, that that's all just junk and shit. And I just, I don't, you know, I can't think of too many positives with this movie. I really can't. It's just, there is, there is um, the animation, of course. That was the most noticeable thing, you know. And and I have to I have to bring up the fact that the animation is amazing, which is becoming normal nowadays with a lot of these films. Okay, but this animation definitely stands out because of how low the budget is. You know, this movie has a sixty-five million dollar budget, which is nothing to scoff at, of course. But when it comes to animated films and very well done animated films, I don't mean story; I just mean the animation itself. Um, usually, you're looking at a hundred to two hundred million plus that is being spent on that animation. And the fact that when you have like, when you look at Pixar movies and some of the DreamWorks films, those are usually spending between 120 and over $250 million making their films. So for this to look as good as it looks, I mean, there's a couple things that you could tell that, that aren't like the the motions of the characters and stuff like that aren't as crisp as, you know, Pixar and, and DreamWorks, but it's real close. I mean, if they had spent maybe another month, or less on this, I'm pretty sure it could have been just right at the same level. So $65 million, that's amazing for that they were able to spend that with this huge cast of characters of these well-known actors that are in this. Uh, Bill Hader's character as the King Pig, you know, uh, uh, Leonard, he was wasted in this entire film as well. He wasn't funny at all. 
And Bill Hader's a hilarious son of a bitch. We just saw him in It, Chapter 2. He saved that movie. Well, I mean, I don't want to say he saved it, but he was the best thing in that movie, right? Um, and he was the heart of it. Besides, well, there's another character. was, But we'll get into that next week. So, but Bill Hader's wasted here. Jason Sudeikis, funny-ass son of a bitch, wasted here. Nothing that they're giving to this film at all, you know? And uh, what other positive I could think of? It's like I'm just trying to find positives to think of this movie because I don't want to bash it too hard. So, I mean, what else would there be? Uh, oh, the, the teamwork message. Well, the teamwork message is cool for kids, you know, like putting aside differences. But I'm pretty sure that even though you put aside differences, when people try to eat your fucking children... I'm going to go back to it again. You don't put aside differences to team up together. It just doesn't work that way. Another thing that, that I think that worked but didn't work was the uh, the Hatchlings subplot. It felt like they shooed that in there, and it was originally going to be like a short film, you know, that might have even, that they were originally going to have start before the movie started. And then it's like they just shooed them in, and then they made them a MacGuffin for the end of the movie, you know, for the plot at the end, right? And so they were cute, like I said, but... It, it just felt like, it, it almost like when you're watching Ice Age and you see every time they throw in Scrat and, you know, he's going for that goddamn acorn again. And it's funny. It definitely is funny. It stands on its own for the most part, but what does it matter in this movie? It What does it really have to do with it? I mean, I guess there's more relevance with the Hatchlings than there is with Scrat and Ice Age technically, but still, it, it just, I don't know. It felt like they they wanted to just add something cuter in there, and they are cute. I I'm not gonna lie, and also their feathers, which they don't even have feathers, they have like that furry feather because they're hatchlings. The animation on it is amazing. It is like I, I I found myself just delving my eyeballs into their fur and just looking at each individual strand of feather and hair that was there. Um, very well done on that. It is amazing the leaps and bounds that has come with the uh, animation over the last few decades um, since, like, Toy Story. And um, so, anyway, other than that, I mean, this movie, I don't ever want to see this again. I, I think that this movie is just boils down to just being a nice 90-minute distraction for, for, for parents while, they, you know, they can, I don't know, fucking lounge, take a nap in the, uh, in the theater while their kids are watching this. But otherwise, I don't. I don't really see the point of this movie. It's just a sequel, just to make a sequel. And I, I would rather them do something better with it, with the whole thing. That's it. That's all. I, I think that's all I got to say about this movie. It's, it's just not. It's not great. I laughed a few times here and there, but I was not impressed. Besides, with the animation. Other than that, it's a waste of time. That's what I think. This is a wasted effort. So. See Angry Birds 2 on your own time, but I, I like I said, save your money and run. Run far away. All right, that's all I got.